0: Well, hey, good morning, and welcome, Pursuit family. Hey, my name's Kenny, and it is an unbelievable honor to be able to join you today and to be able to bring God's word to you today. Uh, Like I said, my name is Kenny Mills, and I have the honor of pastoring at the Cove Church uh, right here in Denver. And uh, your pastor, Jordan, and I have become friends. I've been in Denver for a little over eight months now, and one of the first people that I met in Denver was your pastor. And it was an unbelievable just brotherhood that's been building, uh, and listen, I love him, and I love your church, and I'm just here to tell you, you guys are unbelievably blessed to have him and Courtney, their entire family, as your leaders. You've got a great staff and team, and so listen, you guys are blessed beyond measure to have these as your leaders. But today, I'm excited to be able to share with you, um, and I've got a word that I believe is going to be appropriate for you and your life, but also for the life of this church. Uh, and so I'm excited to spend some time with you today. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and start pulling that out. Um, and as you do, because we're going we're gonna to walk through a couple of different things today, but I want to set us up really quickly uh, around this idea that I want to share with you today. And I don't know about you, but I've been hearing a lot of conversations, especially right now during the season, of people talking about going back to normal. H- have you heard that? Maybe, maybe you've said that yourself. I can't wait for things to go back to normal. But the truth is, is honestly, we've been saying this for years, Uh, We say it, but it looks a little different, and it sounded a little different. We'll say things like, you know what, I just want to go back to the good old days. Have you ever said that? I know I have. I I remember that I have friends who will say, man, I I just can't wait. I wish we could go back to the good old days, you know, when I had little kids, now that they have teenagers. Or as they grow up and they become adults, they'll say, you know what, I really wish we could go back to the good old days when I had teenagers back in the house, We've said this for lots of areas in our life where we wanna go back to the good old days, right? And maybe it was for you. You wish you could go back to when you were a kid, when you had very little responsibility or no responsibility at all. You could go outside without a shirt and without shoes and nobody said a thing to you, right? These were the good old days. Or maybe as you get older, you start thinking about the good old days and going back to that, back in high school. Maybe you enjoyed the glory days of high school, or maybe it was when you first got going, first in college, and you enjoyed your days in college. But we do this a lot. We, we've not just done this recently. We've all, Honestly, we've done this for many years in our past, is we've always looked backwards. And we've always talked about it in fondness of how we wish we could go back to those things. For you, maybe it's another situation where you're in a new job and you look back at your last job and you're like, man, I I wish I could go back to that job or even a a previous boss. We see this play out in lots of different areas, but one of the things that we have heard a lot recently is I wish I could go back to BC, right? Not before Christ, but before coronavirus, right? We wish we could go back to January before all this pandemic and all these things kind of got going. And we think about the good old days, And we talk about how we want to get back to normal. I've heard it said over and over and over again. And if I'm being honest with you, I've said it for myself as well. I've said this for my church and my people. I want us just to get back to normal, get back to meeting. But as I was preparing for this opportunity to share a word from from God to you, um, for you specifically and for this house God spoke something and it just, it just spoke something really powerful in me that I want to share with you today that I think can help all of us in the season that we're in as we continue to move forward and also a word for this body, this house, this church that God is building. And so here's what I want to do. I want to share with you my message in a sentence real quick. And so listen, don't tune out after you hear this because there's some things I I really want you to hear. But here's the message in a sentence, and it's simply this. Um, God doesn't want you to reclaim old ground. God is calling you to take new ground. I hope you heard that, and if you're taking notes, maybe you're home and you've got your your phone or your iPad or something you're taking notes with, maybe you're writing it down in your notebook, I want you to write that down because this is something that I want you to grab onto and hold onto. It's this idea that God doesn't want you to go back and to reclaim old ground. God is a God who calls us to move forward and to take new ground. And so today, I've got a message and and a word for you today, and I hope you'll take this title down. It's called New Ground new ground. And here's where we're going to go. God has many times spoken to his people, and he's told them that he wants them to take on new ground, to move forward. And And I want to share two, two opportunities, two moments where this happened with you today. And I want to show you what God says and how we can apply this to our life and how I believe that it applies to our church. And so, if you have your Bible, join me in Joshua chapter four. And and I'm going to get started here. I'm going to set us up as you get there. Joshua chapter four. And so, what's happening here in this moment is Joshua is now the new leader of the nation of Israel. Uh, in, in the past, Moses has been leading the nation of Israel. He moved them and led them out of captivity in Egypt. And God did an unbelievable miracle and where he parted the Red Sea and he led people through. And then they started to, to settle in and to continue to wander together as a nation. And Moses continued to lead them. But just before this moment, God calls Moses up and ultimately he, Moses dies. And Joshua is the new leader. But God tells him, hey, we've got more work to do. There's new ground to take. And he tells them to basically get his people ready, to get the Ark of the Covenant ready, and he's going to lead them through the Jordan. And so this story is a beautiful story where, where God says, take the Ark of the Covenant into the Jordan. And as you do that, the waters are gonna be receded. They're gonna be pulled back. And it does. God does this unbelievable miracle where he's continuing to move them forward. And the Ark of the Covenant is taken into the middle of the water And it says that there's dry ground there and that the people are able to walk across. But then right before everything's all said and done, God tells Joshua to do something really interesting. And I think it's a beautiful moment where he says, take one of every one of the 12 tribes, take one of their leaders and send them back into the middle of the the Jordan and have them pick up a stone. And when they do, have them bring it out. And there's this unbelievable moment that I wanna show you where God is taking his people into new ground and he tells Joshua what to do here. And so the first thing that God tells us when we're taking new ground is this, and I hope you'll write this down. It's first, it's to remember. It's to remember. God calls us to remember as he's taking us into new ground. Let me read this for you. And this is in Joshua chapter four, starting in verse 29. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the 12 stones that had been taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, where your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea. He says, what God did right here in this moment, he did before. He's done it again before, for our nation. And when he dried up the ground until we crossed over it, again, back in verse 24, he did this so that the, all the people of the earth might know that, he, that the hand of God, the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. And so here's what God tells us to do. He tells us to take new ground. But in this moment, he actually says, hey, I want you to stop and I want you to remember. And I see this moment playing out in my mind's eye. And I think it's a beautiful moment where Joshua, this leader, has each of the 12 tribes standing around him. And I can almost envision him calling out each of the tribe leaders. Hey, I want want the leader from the tribe of of Dan to come out and to bring your stone. I want the, the leader from the tribe of Benjamin to come out and to bring your stone. And as each one of these leaders bring their stone, it says that Joshua built them together to build an altar. And I can almost imagine as each tribe brings this rock forward, that Joshua takes this rock and and almost even holds it up and, and starts to recount a story of faithfulness of God from that specific tribe. See, all of this was built to be a monument, really a marker of the moment to remind them what God had already done, what he did in this moment. And it's scripture is very clear. It says, so when your children and your descendants come back and they see this pile of rocks, they're going to ask, what do these stones mean? Joshua says that this is to remind us about how faithful God is, how faithful he's been to us. And so anytime we look to take new ground and we look to move forward, one of the first things that God tells us to do is to remember And it's important because, first of all, we have to take a look back. And as we look back, it helps us take a moment to mark that moment. And so I don't know about for you, But as you're looking to maybe take some new ground coming forward, as God's calling you into a new season, into something brand new, what are the moments that you need to remember and maybe go back into the middle of the Jordan and pick up a rock and to bring it out and to add it to the monument of God's faithfulness in your life? What are those moments? In fact, I want to challenge you this week. Would you go somewhere? Maybe it's in the woods or maybe you go out to the lake or or whatever it might be. Go and find yourself a rock. And whenever you grab that rock, I want you to set it down and I want you to take a picture of it, maybe even on social media. Why don't you share a moment of faithfulness that God has been unbelievably faithful to you and your family and allow that rock to mark a moment for you because God's calling you to move forward. He's calling you into new ground, but before you do that, he's also calling you to remember how faithful he's been in the past. You see, these, these moments, this looking back helps us remember God's faithfulness, but there's a next step to take because he says not only are we going to remember this, but we still have new ground to take. We're going to leave this here, and it's going to mark this moment, but there's still new ground to take. And, and so then I want to show you the next area where, where God spoke and said, I want you to take new ground and what he tells us to do, and it's in Isaiah 43. And so if you have your Bible, go and join me there, Isaiah 43, and I'm going to start in verse 18. And you've probably heard this scripture before, but I want to put it in in some fresh context for you personally. And so if you're taking notes, uh, remember, point number one that God asks us to do is to remember. Point number two is that he says, forget. Write that down. He says, forget. Here's what it says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise." And so here's what God tells us to do is we're looking forward. He he tells us we're going to be able to take new ground, but he says forget. He says, hey, all those things in the past, I don't, you don't need to worry about that because guess what? I got something new for you. I got something that's springing up right now. Do you not perceive it? He says, I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He says, this is going to be such a big deal that even the jackals, even those crazy lost things are going to cry out for me, even the owls. He says that I am going to create a path for you. And so when we're called to look forward and to, and to take new ground, God says, remember and forget. And when we forget, here's what happens. Well, we're really looking ahead. We're having to look ahead. If we're not able to look behind, we have to look ahead. He says, see, I'm doing a new thing. We have to look to see what's coming. But he also promises his faithfulness. And then he tells us to go. Do you see how these two things really go alongside of each other, but also juxtapose each other? And maybe you're asking... I know I certainly did as I was processing this. You're like, okay, hang on, Kenny. You said that God said to remember and forget. How, well, hang on. How, how do those things work together? How can I both remember and forget? And that's a really great question. And here's what I think the Lord has for us, is that it, you know, if I see the word remember here, and, and then I see the word forget here, Sometimes we say, well, which is it? Which one should I do? Should I remember or should I forget? And I think what the Lord calls us to do is to do both. And here's what I mean by that. If we're called to remember, then there's this word forget. But I want you to take the T off of forget and you get the word forge. And I think this is what the Lord has for us today, which is to remember the things of the past and to forge ahead to what he's got next. And the thing that he's got next for you is he's got new ground to take. Church, I just need somebody to hear this today. You've been worried all about the things of the past. You've been worried about what it felt like to be a kid or back in high school or college. Maybe you've been thinking about right now in your relationships how it felt like when you were first dating your spouse or maybe those early days of marriage and things are just not the same today as they used to be and you're nostalgic and you're thinking about all the things of the past and man, I wish I could go back to the good old days but I just came to tell somebody today, God is not calling you to go and to reclaim old ground. God is calling you to move forward and to take new ground. And yes, you are to remember the things of the past. You're to remember those things and to learn from them because what they teach us is how God's been faithful to us over and over and over again in our life. But you know what? He makes a new promise and he says, I'm asking you to move forward. I'm asking you to continue to go this way. I've got better things ahead of you, but I want you to remember I've been faithful then and I'm going to be faithful now. I'm going to be faithful to the things I've called you to and I'm going to be the things I'm calling you to go to. We're supposed to remember and to forge into new ground. What does that look like for you? What are the new things that God's calling you into? Uh, may, maybe you've been in a, a, a season of singleness, and maybe it's time for you to step in and to forge ahead into a relationship that God's been bringing around you. Maybe for you, you've been wrestling with the things of your past and you dwell on them. You just continue to live up your mistakes and your shame and your guilt and all the things of your past. God is calling you to move forward and to take a step into the future that he's got. He says, do you not perceive it? He's got new things ahead of you. And when you think about these two words, to remember and to forge, here's what I want you to think about. To remember is to help us remember that God has been faithful. And then to forge is meant to help us that we are called to then go and be faithful to what God's called us to. Do you see how these two things work together? We're called to trust in God's faithfulness and then to also act that out by being faithful ourselves in the things that he's called us to. We're called to remember and to forge. Remembering builds our faith. And forging means we get to go be faithful. I also think about these two areas where where these stories, where we remember and then where we forge. And and I want you to hopefully grab onto these visual ideas. Uh, When we remember, there are these stones. And to me, a stone represents a story. And it's it's a remembering story. It's a remembering stone. It's an ability for you to recount God's faithfulness in your life. And maybe it's your salvation story. Maybe it's the things that he brought you through that you never thought you could make it out of. A stone represents your story. What's your story? What are the things that God's been faithful to you and your life in? Has he brought you through something? I believe that he has. And then the other picture that I want you to see is when we forge. God says that he is making a way in the wilderness. He's making a path. And did you see what the scripture said? It said it's for a purpose. See, he's doing a new thing. He's helping you take new ground. He's creating a new path forward. And it says that the path, and I want you to visualize this, I want you to visualize a path. And that path is meant to walk you down it for his praise. That path is on purpose, it is a purposeful path to lead you to a place where when you take new ground, you don't get the credit, he gets the credit. It's for his praise. These are the pictures that I want you to see. And so how does this get lived out in your life? How do these pictures, these stones and these paths, how do they get lived out in your life? What are you doing to take new ground? And so my encouragement and my challenge for you today is this, is that I think God calls us to remember the things of our past, the the things that he's been faithful to us in. And I think he calls us to remember that and even to set up stones as a marker so that when our kids and our grandkids and our great-grandkids come by our lives, they see this monument, in essence, that we've built. And they ask a question, what do these stones mean? And you get a chance to tell your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, that you get a chance to tell them how faithful God has been in your life. And then as you move forward, as you forge forward into taking new ground. It's going to take faithfulness on your behalf. It's going to take a little bit of risk. It's going to take a little bit of of gumption for you to say, I feel like God's calling me. I hear God calling me in this new direction. I've sensed it. I've, I've kind of seen all the things working. I've seen them working in my life, but I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm not sure what that feels like. And I can just tell you, I know exactly that place. You see, four years ago, my wife Katie and I were a part of an unbelievable church in Columbia, South Carolina. We were part of a church that that was one of the largest churches in America, and and we loved it. We had great friends and family and and just this great job. We, We loved it. And I remember in January of 2016, I heard God speak very clearly to me and told me that he had something new for me. And we were walking through a season where my wife was pregnant with our first son. And I really was trying to figure out exactly what God had for me. And eventually, he made it clear that he was calling me to step away from this church, to move from Columbia and to move my family back to the Charlotte area, to to start a brand new business from scratch. And all of this while my wife's pregnant. And so in the span of four months, God called us to take new ground. We had a son. We uh, stepped away from this church. My wife quit her job. We sold our house and we moved them to my in-law's basement. And all of a sudden, I'm walking down this path and I'm remembering how faithful God has been to me in the past, but I'm also stepping into new ground. I'm I'm forging into something brand new that I didn't really know what all was going to happen, but I knew God was calling me to it. I knew that he had something new out there for me and it meant that I had to follow the path that he was making. And can I just tell you this, God's faithfulness in the past met me right there in that moment where I trusted him and decided to walk in obedience and to be faithful to what he called me to. And can I just tell you this, there is unbelievable blessing on the other side of obedience I hope you get that. There is blessing on the other side of obedience. If you're sitting there seeing something out here, seeing something that God's calling you to next, but you just sit pat because you're scared, you're afraid, you're worried, you're, tr- you're more worried about the things of the past than reclaiming old ground, I'm just here to tell you, God is not gonna bless you standing still. If you wanna see God bless it, you take a step forward. You take a step down that path towards new ground. You see, God was always calling His people to continue to move forward, to continue to take steps towards new ground. He had promised it to him from the very beginning. He had promised it to him all the way back to Abram, where he said, "I've got a land for you, and I want you and your descendants to take control of it. I've got some ground here for you to take." What's the new ground that God is calling you to take? What old ground do you have to let die? Do you have to let go away, slide away, move away? What ground do you have to remember from the past but move forward to take something new? What is it that God's calling you to? For some of you, you've been thinking about adoption. And you're worried about the money and you're worried about how do I make all this work? And like, is this the right time? Like, I'm just telling you, for someone, God is calling you to take new ground, for someone you just lost your job during the season and you're worried about, well, what, what new job do I get after all this? Uh, can I just go back and maybe, maybe my old company will hire me back? Can I just tell someone today, your new ground is to stop worrying about your last job and it's to create your own job. You need to go start that business you've been praying about and God put on your heart years ago. It's time to take new ground. For some of you moms, you've been working and working and you've been watching other people raise your kids, and you felt this just small voice in your heart say, I'm supposed to be home, and I'm supposed to be mom. And can I just tell you, that's unbelievably beautiful new ground for you to take a step into. And I don't know exactly what your new ground is for each of us, but here's what I know. I do know that God doesn't call us to go reclaim old ground. He calls us to take new ground. And my prayer today is that as we've been talking about this, that God's spoken to you, he's made clear to you, he's made that path known to you of the new ground that he's calling you to take. New ground. But see, here's the thing. This is true for each of us, but I believe that this is also a word for this church, for this beautiful expression of the bride. You know, when, when I first got to Denver, uh, and certainly as, a, as another pastor in this town, one of the things I wanted to do was check out other churches and meet other pastors. I have a heart for pastors and other churches. And my first conversation with Pastor Jordan, it literally, it was life-giving to me because I saw something in him. And over the past eight months, I've gotten time to spend around your church staff and around your leaders, and I've gotten to see the heartbeat and, the, and just the love, and I've gotten a chance to see the calling and the favor of the Lord on this house. And, and I know recently that you guys have taken a step towards new ground, right? Purchasing land and looking to, to build a new building, and that's so exciting, and I just can't wait to see you to continue to take a step towards that new ground, But I believe I've got a word from the Lord for you today and it's this encouragement church and, and, and listen this is this is what I genuinely believe and listen this is coming from another pastor in your town. God has an unbelievable special anointing on this house and the new ground that this church is meant to take is not just to move a little bit up the road and to build a building. I believe that the new ground that God has for this church is still yet to be seen. I believe that a new church and a new building and new land is only the beginning of new ground for this church. I believe that uh, churches in homes and churches in other cities and churches across our world are going to be influenced and impacted and developed and grown and the kingdom of god is going to be built from this house right here from denver north carolina i believe that new ground in the way that we think about church the way that we do church the way that god has a plan for his bride is going to be birthed out of this house I believe it with everything in me. I've seen the bubblings up of something brand new and special, and I don't know about you, but now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? He is making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland, and the gospel is going to move forward because of the new ground and the calling that this church has to take it forward. And here's how I know. Because he's calling this church to forge forward, but it's it's had its marks, as we look back and remember. You know, this town, Denver, when I moved here, I was doing some research and I was figuring out, like, what what is this place? And And I found out that Denver used to have a different name. And if you're from Denver and you've lived here a long time, you probably know a little bit about this. But for me, I was new and I was just learning this. And I learned that Denver used to have a different name and the name of the town was called Dry Pond dry pond. And this town got its name because this pond that continued to fill up year after year that would supply the town with water every year during the hot summers that we have here would dry up. And every year it would just go completely dry. And so this town got its name dry pond. And I'm not exactly sure at what point that the name was changed from Dry Pond to Denver, but I don't know if you know this, but the word Denver means green grass. The word Denver means green grass. And here's what I believe, and I hope you grab onto this, and I I hope that this resonates in your spirit for the things that God is calling you to personally, but also the things that God is calling you to as a part of this body, as a part of this uh, this expression of the bride, because you have a part to play. Watch this. Here's what God says. God can take dry ponds and make them green grass through the gospel. God takes dry ponds and makes them green grass through the work of the gospel. And I'm just here to tell you, the work of the gospel is at work right here in this house. And so we're going to remember the things of the past. We're going to remember how faithful God's been. But he's calling us to forge forward. He's calling us to take new ground. And as you do this in your own personal journey and in your own personal life, and then you take the fruit and the blessing and the things that God does in your life, and then you add it to the unbelievable work of God that he's doing right here in this house. I'm just here to tell you something. The world has not seen yet what God is going to do through here And there's new ground to take. There's new ground to be had. And listen, we ain't worried about reclaiming the old ground. We're never going back to a dry pond. This will always be green grass because the gospel works and the gospel is at play here. And as long as this house exists, the gospel will go forward. And dry ponds in every single life that this church has a chance to speak into and to pour into, the dry ponds of their life will turn into green grass because the gospel is good for watering. Do you not perceive it, it springs up and it's springing up right here. And so today, may you be encouraged that God is calling you to take a step forward, to forge forward into something new, to take new ground. Don't worry about reclaiming the things of the past. It's time to take new ground. And I can't wait to see what God does in and through you during the season. Hey, let me pray for you. Lord, we love you And God, today, we just remember the faithfulness that you've shown us in the past. But God, we take a moment and honestly, we ask you for clarity and for direction and to make the path plain that you're going to lead us to, to new ground. And God, not for our benefit, because the path leads to your praise. And God, I can't wait to watch the stories, the remembrance, the markers of miracles that have happened in this house as people maybe take a picture and share it uh, of the the faithfulness that you've shown in their life. But God, I also can't wait. I sit with bated breath on the edge of my seat, excited to see what you're going to do in and through this house, the new ground that you're calling Pursuit Church to take. The the new things that you're going to to do to continue to take dry ponds, not just in Denver, but across our entire world. You're going to take dry ponds and you're going to make them green grass because the gospel is an unbelievable, the best, the best spring there is. This gospel of Jesus. And so right now, if you're in need of this green grass, this, this fulfilling spring, it comes through the person and the God of Jesus. Jesus uh, lived on this earth for 33 years. He lived a perfect life. John three sixteen says that God loved you so much that he sent his son, and that's Jesus. It says that if you would believe in him, you would not die, but that you would live forever. And Romans makes it very clear that if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess him with your mouth, that you would be saved. And so today, right now, you might be feeling like you are a dry pond. You're not only living in a dry pond, but you are a dry pond. Today, you can take new ground, and it comes through the spring of the gospel, the living water, and his name is Jesus. Will you call on his name right now and ask him to forgive you and to save you? And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If you would like to to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, or you want to come back to the living spring that you've ran away from, Would you pray this prayer with me? Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, lost and dry without you. Will you come into my life and will you save me? I believe that you are the son of God and I believe that he raised you from the dead and I'll follow you the rest of my days the best I know how. And I believe if you prayed that prayer just now that your eternity is gonna be saved forever because of the good news of Jesus. Your dry pond will be green grass because of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for all the work that you're doing in our lives and in this house. Father, all paths lead to you that you've called us to. God, the path of righteousness, the path of repentance, the path of forgiveness leads to you and your son only. And so, Father, may we follow that path and may you get praise from it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.